Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. You've tuned in just in time on the internet. Had, uh, had you not been listening right now, you might have missed it. Good thing you're here, because we want to tell you all about citrus liqueurs. Yes, indeed. And we're, we're specifically going to talk about the two that we're drinking at the moment, but we won't mention them until after the intro, because I am Michael. And I'm Stuart. And this is a good job. Cheers. Cheers. So let's just dive right into it. We're going to tell you all about Triple Sec and Cointro. And oh. other citrus liqueurs, because we, we are talking about the... Triple Sec and Cointro. They're the same yes. bloody thing. <laughs> yes, and uh, yes, Curacao. Curacao. Often uh, also pronounced Curacao by some. some. I've, I've heard it called both. And uh, there are many citrus liqueurs in existence. I'm... Uh, going to start by listing some. This is not a comprehensive list. So uh, currently available uh, citrus liqueurs include Arum, which is made from rum, tea and tangerines, uh, Contro and uh, Curacao, which of course we'll tell you more about later, uh, Grand Meunier, uh, Hypnotique, which is uh, made from fruit juices, vodka and cognac. Isn't that that uh, swirly one or is that a different one? The one that sparkles when you shake it. Uh, I believe it might be. It originated in New York. It might be just mm. that. Hold the phone. I'll phone a friend. Yes, ho- I'll phone a friend. Well, it was, it was created in New York, but is now made in France. There's also Lychido, which is made from vodka, cognac, lychee, and guava essences, and white peach juice. Uh, limoncello which is made from lemon zest or lemon peels without the pith and steeped in uh, rectified spirits, usually grappa. That's that's an Italian one. Mm. People often make that one with vodka if mm. they're making it at home. Yes. And we've also got uh, Midori, which of course everyone knows is melon flavoured. That's uh, not citrus. Melon is citrus. No, it isn't. Yes. Buddy. No. It's a citrus. Me- melon is melon. It's a fruit. It's citrus. <laughs> I'm calling it. Uh, Sun Tin, which is a Vietnamese drink made from rose apples, apricots, plums, and passion fruit. Umushu, no, umeshu, sorry, which is uh, made from steeping unripened ume fruits in alcohol and sugar. What is an ume? I don't know. I'm just assuming it's a citrus. <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Melon's not a citrus, so. No, it could but be it's anything. a fruit. It's a fruit. It could be anything. <laughs> and uh, finally, finishing with our odd drop, which is the X-rated fusion liqueur. Uh, it was created in 2005 <laughs> by the Campari Group, and um, it's a blend of French vodka, Provence blood orange, mango, and passion fruit. Hmm. Another couple of big ones that really need mentioning is Salerno, which is a blood orange liqueur, which is my personal favourite. Yes, there are many blood orange liqueurs mm. and orange liqueurs. That seems to be the most popular. Mm. I like Salerno because it yeah, it just resonates with my taste buds. Mm. Very, very, very nice. Fair enough. If you and like if... any of these citrus liqueurs we've mentioned today, you probably like Salerno. Right. And uh, of course, citrus liqueurs, like other liqueurs, are they made in a very similar way by taking the peel or zest off whatever fruit it is and steeping it in alcohol. Mm. Macerating it in yeah. grain alcohol or high proof whatever. It yes. Just, whatever, whatever, you, whatever floats your boat distillers. 
Yeah, now in uh, in the case of Contro, which is a brand of triple sack, it is um, obviously it's an orange flavored liqueur, and uh, triple sack is actually named triple sack because it's the uh, the triple copper stilled distillation process that it goes through. Mm. And the uh, the word sec is a direct translation of the French word for dry, which... So it basically means triple dry. Yeah, it's, it's in reference to the, the dry is supposedly in reference to the fact that the fruits that go into triple sec are dried prior to distillation. Mm, not that the drink itself is dry. Yeah. No, most of these drinks are quite sweet. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So Fabulous uh, for those people with a sweet tooth. Mm, so, yeah, so our, our good drop today is in fact Contro. We are drinking it right now. Mm. We've got two drinks sitting in front of us. We've got a Blue Curacao and we've got Cointro and I've been trying to decide which one to drink first and I've decided to drink the Cointro first because I know it and I've drunk that by itself before. And it's very, very orange but mm. so pleasant. It's fantastic. It's yeah. used in so many things, not just cocktails. Like a lot of people use it for cooking and chocolates and sweet things to give something a citrus flavor without having to add citrus juice to it. Yeah, though um, it is, of course, also well known for being an ingredient in the Cosmopolitan and the Long Island iced tea. Yeah, very. Which are both very strong, very sweet, very easy to drink, kick your butt cocktails. Mmm. <laughs> I don't know why people call them girly drinks when they kind of get you messed up. Yeah, I think it's because they go down easy. I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give, give them that. They, are, they do go down. Oh, I get what you just said. That was, you bad man. That was an entirely unintentional... You bad man. Unintentional pun. <laughs> oh. All right, back on, to, back on to drinks. Yes, so... Um, so Grand Marnier is the other really big brand of triple sec it's not really triple sec i guess uh it, it is an orange flavored it is an orange liqueur, liqueur. yeah um, and it's big it's definitely well known mm. people also use that for cooking in cocktails yes it's it can be interchangeable with cointreau and other citrus liqueurs it just really depends on which flavors you're going for yeah exactly and uh so let's revisit uh, Contro, talk about a little bit of history on it. Yeah, heaps of history. Yeah, so uh, the the Contro distillery was set up in 1849 by uh, Adolf Contro, who at the time was a confectioner, and uh, his brother, Edouard Jean Contro. Now, uh, they developed a number of drinks together, but didn't truly become successful until 1875, thanks to uh, their drink that was a blend of sweet and bitter orange peels and uh, pure alcohol made from sugar beets. And they simply called that drink Contro. I mean, if you're going to call something, call a drink something, why not name it after yourself? Yeah. Well, and it wasn't really until 1875 that Triple Sec itself became a hugely popular beverage. There was a uh, festival held at the time that um, a whole bunch of alcohol producers rocked up to with their various beverages. And a number of them went, hey, I make a drink that's a lot like that. And it was triple sec and uh, a double distilled similar drink that um, I believe was called double sec or something similar. That doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Maybe that's why it was never as popular. (laughs) Yeah, but certainly that's that's when it really really kicked off. And uh, now Contro sells an estimated 13 million bottles each year in more than 150 countries. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, it's still family owned. I mean, it's the company is partially owned by someone else now, but it's still mm. technically a family-owned company. Isn't it called uh, Remy Contro? Yes. At the moment? Yep. 
Interestingly, though, because it's still partially family-owned, the recipe and production methods remain a family secret. But yeah. uh, apparently, you can tour the facility, though. That That is open to the public. It is, but there are places where photography is restricted, so the secrets don't get out. Correct. But I don't really understand how that works, because people could just watch and write it down later. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Watch, write it down. Hmm. Tell people to ignore the GoPro that's strapped to your head. <laughs> Get a sketch artist in to, to draw what they see. Yeah, lots of ways around it. <laughs> the uh, Combier Distillery actually claims that uh, they invented triple sec, that their uh, their founder, Jean-Baptiste Combier, invented it in Samoa, France, sometime between 1834 and 1848. But uh, Combier was actually more famous for its Elixir Combier which combined orange, but also a number of other flavorings. And, of course, that was significantly later on. But Because uh, it is of note that at the time that Combier is said to have invented Triple Sec, he was actually running a confectionery store, and uh, that he created it not as a drink, but as a filling for chocolates. That's probably one of the big reasons why it's still used as filling for chocolates today. Yeah, well, it works. it's fantastic in yeah, chocolate. Yeah, gives nice orange liqueur flavor to the inside of mm. a chocolate. Of course, back then it wasn't orange liqueur. It was just a chocolate. We didn't think of it as... As a liqueur. As a liqueur, yeah. yeah. It was a chocolate with a filling. Before we travel on, actually, let's talk about what Cointreau looks like. Because when you pour it out of the bottle, it is just a clear liqueur. Yeah, because generally the, the bottle is orange. Mm, it's but like comes in a brown colour, mm. and I think it has done for as long as I can remember. But yeah, the drink itself is, well, not quite clear, sort of... Mm. Uh, it's cloudy. More hazy, it's hazy. Yeah, it is subject to the to the ouzo effect. If you remember our absinthe episode, absinthe does the same thing. It becomes cloudy when you mix it with water. Mm. And, and so if you add it to ice, of course, it becomes cloudy. It becomes a cloudy drink. So otherwise it's perfectly clear, but mm. we, we do recommend drinking it chilled. It's very pleasant that way. Mm. It's fantastic with ice. It's going down very nicely. Uh, so Curacao is very, very much like triple sec, but tends to be sweeter and less alcoholic. Uh, most Curacaos come between 18 and 28%. I haven't yes. seen anything outside of that yet. Yeah, whereas your uh, Contro is 40%. Yeah, it will knock your socks off if you drink too many. But it's, yeah, it and Curacao comes in many different colours. Most notably, the iconic blue Curacao, which is, in fact, uh, where did I write it? E133 Brilliant Blue. That specific colour is used ah. in most Curacaos. Right, and because, of course, the, the drink itself actually comes out clear like Contro does. Mm, it's a clear and, drink. And but then they artificially colour it. Yeah, and that has been the case since it was invented between 1670 and 1719. So Curacao is an island off the coast of Venezuela. It has been owned by, or owned, part of the Netherlands for a long time. And there's been a little back and forth between the Spanish as to who claims it at certain times. Uh, but initially, the uh, Spanish explorers came to the island of Curacao and they they brought with them Seville oranges in 1527. When they planted them and let them grow, because of the completely different climate to where they came from, 
the oranges ended up coming out very bitter and almost unpalatable. So they just forgot about them for many, many years. And the the locals, they named these bitter, unpalatable oranges Laraha. So, you know, when oranges fall off a tree, they dry out in the sun. And someone discovered that this these drying Curacao oranges, or Laraha oranges, were... They, they smell great. So, of course, someone decides to put it in alcohol and drink it. Yeah, as <laughs> as all things do. And but potentially they may have somehow been a bit drunk already. And Maybe. And said, what can I do with this? I mean, you never know, really. But the flavor is very subtle. Like, from not the fruit itself, but from the drink. From the drink. The flavor of the drink, compared to, compared to Contro, which is very subtle. Right. Well... When Lucas Bowles discovered this aromatic oil from the Laraha, he used his contacts in the East and West Indies trading companies to import these oranges, orange peels and orange oils at dirt cheap prices to put them in his alcohols, use them in his distillery. He just kept building on it and building on it. And he was a fan of shock marketing, so he decided to dye it bright blue to make it stand out from the rest of the crowd and it obviously works because it's still dyed blue today mm. and of course the bottle makes makes a difference as well the bottles are always slightly fancy i mean not necessarily the they've changed a bit from the famous round bottle design that they once had but mm. but they're still a shapely sort of a bottle and it's still very obviously very blue yeah blue curacao or even curacao in general is not normally made with these oranges anymore. It's made with flavorings, artificial flavorings, because it's, you know, a small island off the coast of Venezuela. It's a little hard to get to. So what most people what not what most people, there's only one or about one or two companies that actually make curacao with these actual curacao oranges, Laraja oranges. Right. And uh, undoubtedly they're more expensive, but the one that the purist would choose. Mm. One of the biggest named ones is Senior & Co. They, the Genuine Curacao Liqueur. They, they're allowed to call it Genuine Curacao Liqueur because they use actual Curacao in it. Mm, well, Curacao oranges. Mm. Mm. Because Curacao is an island, they don't use the island. They totally do. It's part of the island. <laughs> Yeah, what does it taste like? It's a bright blue colour. It doesn't have the ouzo effect like Cointreau. Smells the the smell is more like what you'd imagine cordial or uh, icy poles to smell like citrus icy poles. Yeah, it, it doesn't smell particularly orangey. Like Contro smells orange. It smells very orange, but as it would because mm. it's a very strong orangey drink. Yeah, whereas there is an orange flavour to Curacao, but it's not nearly as strong. Mm. That could also be because we've uh, we need to cleanse our taste buds between these two drinks because they're very similar. And uh, Cointro being the stronger one, it's muddled our taste buds for for the less strong mm, one, overpowering the flavour of it. That's the word. And we need a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser, yes, potentially. And uh, to those who remember from when we mentioned palate cleansers in an earlier episode... A limoncello? That's a palate cleanser? Yeah, or a, uh, a slice of bread, a plain cracker. Hmm. Uh, you can also use soda water. 
That's yep. a nice palate cleanser. And of course, you can chew on a coffee bean. Just to overwhelm your taste buds to reset them. Yeah. We have none of those here. No. <laughs> oh, I can get us some soda water. That'll be all right. Uh, when did you first discover Curacao, Mickle? Oh, gosh. Um, don't even remember. It would have been in a cocktail at some point. Possibly in a... Is it in a fruit tingle? I think it, it is. It is in a fruit yes. tingle. It was probably in the fruit tingle. <laughs> probably. In, in the, the, the first fruit tingle I had long, long, long ago. For for those listening who don't know what a, what's in a fruit tingle, it's a shot of vodka. I believe it's half a shot of blue curacao, half a shot of grenadine, topped up with lemonade. Yes, it usually comes out looking a bit purple. Comes out looking purple and tastes like the fruit tingle candy. Yeah, largely if it's if it's been mixed correctly. Mm, mostly, most often it isn't, and tastes almost like a fruit tingle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but if you get one at a bar. It mm. should taste like the fruit tingle. Mm. Um, I think that was probably the the first I'd seen it too. Unless it was a some sort of flaming cocktail. I also remember seeing a bright blue coloured drink. Mm. I wouldn't expect that it would burn particularly well, though. Oh no, it was in a it was in a cocktail. Oh so yeah, it's in, in a cocktail. Yeah, it, it wouldn't burn on its own. It's not nowhere near strong enough. It doesn't. Uh, it isn't high proof enough to evaporate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think it might have been mixed with uh, Bacardi 151 or um, Chartreuse or something like that. I like that to do it. Yeah, mm. something else that is high proof. Mm. Yeah, it's very... absinthe perhaps. <laughs> Hopefully they weren't mixed together. Yeah, that'd be an interesting flavor. Curacao, it's the ABCC. Mm. Did you research some cocktails? That contained these drinks. What's in a Long Island iced tea? Oh well, a Long Island iced tea is. There's definitely Cointreau. There is gin. There is uh, rum. There is. Is there tequila in there? No, maybe not. I think tequila is the odd one out. Yeah. Well, no, there is tequila. There is. Yeah, either tequila bianco or tequila gold, and yeah, white rum and Cointreau and gin and vodka. With uh, half a lemon, sugar syrup, and a little top- bit of cola. Yeah, topped up with cola. Yep. And it somehow it manages to taste like tea. Tastes a, a lot like tea. Yeah, it's a Ex- crazy sort of a thing. Extraordinarily potent, and yet it doesn't burn. It tastes like tastes quite mild, really. Yeah. So now I can guess that the flaming cocktail you had was a blue kamikaze. Which is vodka, blue curacao, and uh, lime. Ah. Yeah, it was pretty tasty because it was warm as well on a cool Canberra evening. Ah, I mean, there is also the AMF, which is vodka, white rum, tequila bianco, gin, and blue curacao. There was definitely not that many drinks in it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... That's not a shot. That's no. That's a full-on cocktail. I, it, was, and... it wasn't a shot that I had. It ah. was it was a a long drink, right? Because I mean, the, the AMF actually stands for adios, motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> because it's strong. Though blue curacao is not that strong, but the gin, the tequila, the white rum, and the vodka with sour mix and a bit of Seven Up that's gonna that's gonna add up. Ah, oh, might have been a flaming Lamborghini, but I doubt it because that it wouldn't have be. been blue. Because the flaming Lamborghini has Kahlua, Sambuca, Bailey's, and blue curacao. It would not have been blue. 
It, it was dark, but still blue. Uh, potentially a bullfrog or a blue lagoon. But, uh, I don't think the blue lagoon <laughs> is strong enough. The the bullfrog maybe. Because that's white rum, vodka, tequila, bianco, blue curacao, gin, and Red Bull. Mm. No, there was, I think this was before Red Bull was a big thing. Ah, must have been a kamikaze. Yeah. Must have been. Because the person could have made it into a long drink. Because I remember it, remember it in a uh, a brandy snifter-sized glass, and they swirled it around, and then and then they lit it on fire, and the and you could see the blue the blue flames mixing around the inside of the glass, and it looked really nice. Hmm. I'm surprised the glass didn't shatter, to be honest. So, Grand Marnier, we haven't talked about that much um, yet. No, we haven't really mentioned Grand Marnier. It's not in a lot of cocktails. You can have an orgasm with Grand Marnier. You can have an Irish flag with Grand Marnier, and that's, that's about it. Now, for those who are wondering uh, about an orgasm, that's Contro, Bailey's, Grand Marnier, and garnished with a maraschino cherry. And, uh, of course, the Irish flag is green creme de menthe, Bailey's, and Grand Marnier, or brandy. So, there's a lot of history to Grand Marnier. They have done a lot of marketing to solidify their brand presence. Uh, it is an orange-flavoured liqueur created in 1880 by Alexandre, Alexander Marnier L'Apostole. L'Apostole. It is made from a, bre- a blend of cognac distilled with bitter orange and sugar, which gives it that citrus flavour that everybody knows and loves. Yeah. For some reason, I thought Cointreau was was made with cognac. But no, it's made with sugar beets, isn't it? Yes, sugar beets. I believe it is currently owned by the Campari Group. Go figure. Ah, so much is owned by the Campari Group. Yeah. You can drink it as a cordial or a liqueur, like you mix it with other things like lemonade or soda water. You can have it neat. You can do what we seem to do every single episode and have it with ice. Uh, there's a few varieties. Most of them are just different versions of the same thing. Uh, you've got your Cordon Rouge, which is your standard one, your red ribbon one. Uh, you've got Cordon Juan. I think that's pronounced right. Uh, it is made with a neutral grain spirit instead of cognac. Suve Special Scent Cinquantenaire. Cinquantenaire. Uh, it is... They market it as... Uh, hard to find, impossible to pronounce, and prohibitively expensive. It goes for about $250 US a bottle, if you can order it because you can't pronounce it. Right. I, I, mean, I did all right pronouncing yeah, it. Yeah, that, that doesn't strike me as prohibitively expensive, though, when you know, there are bottles of whiskey that cost $4,500. <laughs> That's prohibitively expensive. Every time we go to this particular Dan Murphy's, there's this bottle of... I think isn't like twenty five year old whiskey. Yeah, malt? and it's undoubtedly a life changing experience to consume this whiskey. But, but it, you'd have to have a life changing experience to be able to afford this whiskey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's yeah, you'd need to win the lottery and not have other things to spend that money on first. Yeah, that. Yeah. If I ever become rich, I think I'm going to have to taste a bottle of. Four thousand dollar plus whiskey, just to see what all the fuss is about. The other, on the other hand, it could be a bottle of whiskey that you hold on to just because it's a four thousand dollar bottle of whiskey. 
Yeah, and down the track you sell it on for maybe a bit of a profit. Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? You might also get lucky and find a bottle of 2014 Shiraz. Please let us know if you get a bottle of that 2014 Shiraz, because we want to know what it tastes like. Yes. I believe that's all the time we have for today. So that's... uh, At this juncture, though, I think we should probably set up for our next episode. It feels like about time for Sauve Blanc. Yeah, we're going back to wine, guys. Well, yeah, from from another fortified wine back to a regular kind of wine, back Mm. to a white, a nice crisp white. A crisp white that you can get pretty much everywhere. If you order the house white, it's probably a Sauve Blanc. If you go to a wedding, it's probably a Sauve Blanc. (laughs) Yeah, generally, if... You're anywhere where there's beer, wine, and spirits on the tab, included as part of a thing. It's the house wine, it's the house beer, it's the house... Mm. Any spirit is a house spirit. Yeah. Probably rum. Yeah. Rum. Rum Whiskey. bourbon. Yeah, you stock rum, you stock whiskey, all those things. But importantly, it's usually a soft block. So get set for one of Mickle's fantastic wine selections. If we've missed anything, let us know at agooddrop at gmail.com. Check us out on our website, agooddrop.com.au. We're on Facebook. At uh, A Good Drop Podcast. And uh, we're also A Good Drop Podcast on iTunes. Of course, we're A Good Drop on Podbean as well. Yeah, we're A Good Drop on your favourite RSS feed viewer. Yes, and uh, do tell your friends about us. Share the, share the love, spread the news, and until next time, cheers. cheers.